Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Kubernetes Unpacked podcast. My name is Michael Levan. My name is Cristina Devochko. And this episode, we're going to do a real short 10, 15 minute, just about KubeCon NA coming up in, by the time this comes out, probably in like a week or a week and a half, KubeCon is right around the corner. So we wanted to just do a quick episode on kind of what you should be expecting and what you're probably going to get out of it. So I, Christine, I have a few thoughts as well. Just looking at the schedule, I have the schedule popped up on my screen right now. And it seems like a good majority of this is security focused. Am, am I wrong? You thought about that as well. That is actually interesting. Like, first of all, I find the schedule to be huge. I think I used like an hour to go through all of it just to check what sessions are out there. But I also got that impression. I got a feeling that there are quite a lot of security sessions. And I feel like even more than there were at the EU conference that was uh, back in April. But I also found quite a few sessions on machine learning and AI, which I think kind of stands out because I feel like it's the first time I see quite a few sessions. And there is even like a separate event, which is an unconference, which on AI Hub, it's called, where you could like just start discussing AI topics ad hoc just there and then with the other community members. Nice. Do you feel like there is also for the first time so many like sessions on the topic of AI? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely seeing a lot of AI focused sessions, uh, primarily around generative AI. So I'm I'm seeing like I'm looking at one right now. It's a lightning talk generative AI for platform engineering. Uh, I think I'm definitely going to jump into that one. I am curious because I'll, I'll be there for everybody that's listening. If, if you're going to be there, hit me up on LinkedIn or on Twitter. I'll be there. So I'm definitely seeing a lot of those. And then actually, it just hit me too because I looked at this the other day. And now that I'm looking at it again, I'm, I'm remembering a lot of data sessions, a lot of sessions on data, which is interesting because I think that there's still the debate. I don't even know why the debate is still exists at this point, but I feel like there's still the debate of like, can I run stateful workloads on Kubernetes? Can I have them backed by databases, et cetera, et cetera? My answer is yes. I think it's pretty straightforward to run, you know, stateful workloads and have databases on the back end when you're running in Kubernetes environments. But what I will say is I'm seeing a lot of data sessions, just various data sessions around Kubernetes and just around like Databricks, big data, all that stuff. I wouldn't call myself a data engineer or a DBA by any means. So apologies if I'm not framing or saying it correctly. But yeah, I'm seeing a lot of sessions on data. That's an interesting observation. When I was looking through the schedule, I haven't thought much about that. I didn't feel like it stood out a lot because like I feel like I've seen it here and there, but I didn't count like how many sessions were related to data. I think what was interesting is when I looked at the co-located events, I also saw that there was like a DB as a service, a database as a service day, which I haven't seen before. So I thought that was also huh, interesting that it is like a separate event. But I also was interested to see a few sessions on like Ceph and Rook that are kind of running that object storage and all of that at scale on Kubernetes, which I've been curious about a lot. I haven't worked much with it yet. So I would totally watch some of those sessions remotely since I'm very envious and very jealous that you are going to <laughs> Cube Code uh, NA, I guess, in the same way as you do when I go to EU. <laughs> but exactly. 
I get to see the sessions hopefully anyway uh, remotely, which uh, which will be nice. Totally, yeah. And this is actually going to be my first QCon. Uh, funny enough, I've never oh, been to a QCon nice. before. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Do you have any big plans? Like, what are you really looking forward to? Yeah, so I'm going to be staying at the Palmer House Hilton, and the first day, Monday, is Azure Day with Kubernetes, and it's at Palmer House Hilton, so it's really cool that I don't have to go anywhere, which is awesome. I'll hopefully see a lot of cool people there, uh, be able to hang out, do the sessions, and all that stuff. Now, on the same day, I actually think that I want to go to KubeCon itself because there is the session around generative AI and platform engineering, which is cool. And, you know, just typing this out here, which is strangely odd to me, there's only three sessions with the platform engineering title in it, which is odd to me because I feel like platform engineering has been like the go-to topic for the past couple months or so. So there's one called Empowering Users Through Platform Engineering. It looks like it's a session on creating or utilizing self-service tooling. There is one on leveraging platform engineering for quantum computing research, which sounds interesting. And then there's the one on generative AI. So I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts there. I mean, well, why do you think that there aren't a lot of sessions around it. Is it because platform engineering is just kind of assumed at this point? Mm, I'm wondering if this is because it like maybe accelerated recently the all the like the buzz around platform engineering that we're really talking a lot about it in that space. And maybe that happened like after all the submissions that came into this specific KubeCon and CloudNativeCon and a we will get to see what it will be for the EU one in March next year as well. I do think that more sessions on that topic will come as we get more speakers that can talk on this topic, which I maybe feel also we are not quite there yet. I still feel like there are a few who do this content, who speak on the topic of platform engineering, but I don't feel like it's as many just yet. But I do believe it will come in the next uh, few months, so we'll get to see that. But that regarding the quantum computing, as you mentioned, there will be a few sessions on that. That I've also, for me, was new to see. Like there were a few in context of security as well, like how to handle the post-quantum cryptography in context of Kubernetes. So I also find it interesting. Yeah, I definitely think to your point, security is the big theme this year even if it doesn't say it in the title name specifically like there are a bunch of well i don't know if there are a bunch but i saw a few sessions on cilium and obviously cilium is the whole idea is like a being a security centric cni and now service mesh so there are just yeah there are a lot of sessions on that one session that i'm pretty excited about is 15,000 Minecraft players versus one kubernetes cluster yeah, who yeah, wins yeah. So that should be interesting <laughs> that sounds very interesting yeah there was also one, I think, on done like uh, it was for the beginners. I think it's in the cloud native novice track. Uh, since you have the agenda, you could probably check. It's like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, nice. And something, something about Kubernetes fundamentals. So they will like uh, the format sounds really interesting and fun to me. They will try to explain Kubernetes fundamentals and how the basic components of Kubernetes hang together in form of Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> game awesome. with the game master and storytelling yeah. and all that. I'm like, 
I wish I could be there just for that for that session alone. Awesome. Uh, so there are quite a few of those that are a, a little bit different, you know, that yeah. that I believe can be really interesting to follow along. Yeah, I've seen even on LinkedIn, like I've seen like random posts popping up in my feed around like platform engineering and Kubernetes and gaming. Mm. So maybe the whole like a gaming realm is kind of now moving towards Kubernetes as a whole. Um, like even the Minecraft one, it says like I'm looking at the description. Thousands of gamers trust Super Elite Gaming's bare metal Kubernetes infrastructure. Mm. So it looks like they've been running Kubernetes bare metal for three plus years in production right now. Uh, observability across more than 100 bare metal servers. That's interesting. I'm definitely going to sit for that one. I am curious to see like what that's all about, which would be really cool. Yeah, I do believe that it kind of makes sense in my head also that gaming industry would go for Kubernetes because in terms of scaling, when you need to scale, especially within online games, you would need to have some kind of platform in its foundation that would actually allow you to do that. I also remember when I read the use case from Forza Horizon, which is also like a racing car game when they also shared their story like on migration to AKS. I think from virtual machines that were running on premises and like how they were able to scale to do 2 million simultaneous users, like no problem by running on AKS. And they were actually running a lot of Windows nodes. So that was an interesting story in itself. But this kind of these stories illustrate that it makes a lot of sense for the gaming industry to utilize Kubernetes specifically for that real-time scaling. 100%. And I would actually argue that the gaming industry is in need of this the most. Because with online gaming, you know, you're talking massive scaling when people are getting out of work or at all different times, because, you know, you have people playing in the EU, you have people playing on the East Coast, on the West Coast. So at different times of the day, the traffic is low and then all of a sudden you're scaling up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to mention on holidays, for example, right? And then the scale in the summertime. When kids are home from school, that traffic is constantly up. So you need a system that literally in the blink of an eye, like at 5 p.m. when everybody's getting out of work, this thing's got to scale up quick to be able to handle all of the traffic. And ironically, like we see not as much, but I could remember the old days of like when I used to play, still kind of play a little bit, but not as much like World of Warcraft and stuff where you would sit in queue. So whatever server you were on, like for example, I remember the the one server Stormforge, I think that was the name of it. This was known because it was a, a high server. So there was a lot of people on this server and you're sitting in queue for five minutes or for two hours. Why? Because it couldn't scale up. It couldn't handle the traffic. So thinking about utilizing, you know, Kubernetes as a whole, like just horizontal pod auto scaling in general, right? Having the ability to scale this thing out, that's huge. And I think that would be really huge in the gaming industry. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's interesting. So let's kind of maybe walk through your your experience with KubeCon. What does it kind of look like? Like how many people you think will be at the North America one? And then 
What does it look like day one? You know, is it like day one, you're sitting online, you're getting your pass, you're walking in? What does the workflow kind of look like for people? I would say in one way, it's like any other conference, like you would expect that you would typically come, you will get your badge, you would go get a coffee or tea, uh, something to drink or water. And then the keynotes start. This is kind of the grand opening with, I think Priyanka will be will be there talking doing one of the first keynotes, I think, and like several representatives from the CNCF organization would be there and kind of doing the keynotes, discuss some on some topics of community and uh, cloud native and open source space in general. And then there are multiple tracks. So like if you get to use the app, you can actually basically build your schedule the way you want to. There are so many sessions that it can become overwhelming, to be honest, but I would recommend like from my experience, maybe, specifically on the sessions that either have very known speakers, like typically, for instance, Liz Rice, Tim Hawking from uh, Google, be really early, either when there is a known spokesperson or presenter, or when there is a session that is like very catchy, like the one you mentioned about Minecraft versus the single Kubernetes cluster, typically those will be full quite quickly, especially if they have a smaller room. So do ensure that some of these that look like very catchy or like a story about like really running Kubernetes at scale, those are typically very popular, will be taken very quickly. So it makes sense to be there like more than 20 minutes before, actually, in some cases, because otherwise you would need to watch it online. That's still possible if you can't come in. And I would like to mention one activity that is new for KubeCon and CloudNativeCon that I hope they will also take to EU. It's called Crash Loop Backoff. And that will be a live combat challenge where folks will be trying to figure out what's wrong with the Kubernetes cluster and try to fix it live. And then you will get who's the winner there. So I know quite a few fellow CNCF ambassadors will be there doing this. I think it's quite cool <laughs> to watch always. Uh, so it's kind of a, like it's a competition in a fun way. So if you like that type of gamified way of finding things out and fixing uh, errors in the cluster, then check out that as well. Awesome. Very cool. All right. So wrapping up here, a couple of things to keep in mind. Number one, very security focused, very AI focused. Make sure you set your schedule in advance because it could be rather overwhelming. And like Christina said, any session that you think will maybe be popular, you know, get there at least 20 minutes before and enjoy yourself. Enjoy your time. You too, Michael, since it applies to you as well. I'm going to enjoy virtually. (laughs) There we go. With you. Awesome. But still, it's better in person. Right. Yeah. No, well, hopefully I'm sure I'll write a blog or two about uh, the experience. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Hopefully this helped you get prepared for KubeCon NA 2023. And if you're there, please come up, please say hello. Let's hang out. Let's chat, grab some food, maybe a beer. We'll see how it goes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.